Well, hey, everybody. How we doing? Welcome to happy, happy Sunday. I know that a couple of our players are currently on Tornado Watch, so we'll have to, you know, be mindful of that. <laughs> I, I, actually, technically, I think all three of you, except for Tally, right? Because Tally, you're out here with me in the West Coast. But I think all three of you are kind of technically under Tornado Watch, right? Thereabouts. Yeah. I may just dash down to the basement so if you see the background change and wonder <laughs> then we're okay, we're cool, we're still it's D and D guys. I think we've been downgraded to a severe thunderstorm. I think our tornado warning has passed, but yeah. Okay, cool. That's good to hear. So where we last left off, by the way, welcome to session thirty-nine. Oh if you could imagine that. Thirty-nine sessions. Um so, I know we took a day off because of Father's Day, so we had a bit of a bit of a break. Um, let's talk about what happened because the team <laughs> have now made it down into the mining pits. What started off as an excursion to make a discovery of the Reach had turned into a couple individuals sneaking into a wagon and then the wagon being diverted and then Puck making a trip down into the mining pit and discovering the room that was being used to overlook or at least interact with the dragon creature that seems to be responsible for either guarding the egg clutches or somehow involved in whatever the makers and takers are doing within this particular area of not only the mining pit itself, but seemingly turning in things reach pretty much into a, a working mining, if not large town, almost city. Um, while the team discovered a strange creature that was being used to control uh, Mannheim's ability to resist being questioned, they found a vessel laden with many variations of these creatures and had inadvertently or purposely um, uh, destroyed the flagship uh, uh, of a particular pirate captain that's now not too happy. Um, but overall, the team are currently down in the deep caverns on the peripheral of the main mining uh, pit area that's being excavated by the uh, by the copper takers and makers, and the team discovered an obelisk in the shape of a throne in the middle of this large cavern that also contains the egg clutches as well. Here they dis discovered or deciphered a prophecy or some kind of information related to what this obelisk might be. And I believe we are on the morning of day four at this point. And by the time you guys are down here, having the conversation with the shadow creature that eventually Earthen had given the stone to and then disappeared, or sorry, the dragon creature. Um, well, he uh, turned into a humanoid. Yeah, he turned into like a humanoid shadow kind of thing for whatever reason. Earthen decided that it was best to give the stone over to him and once receiving the stone he disappeared into the ether um, leaving behind the obelisk and the egg clutch down at the base 
of the large cavern that he was once in. It is now afternoonish. It's been a few hours since you made your way down the discovery, the conversation, even overhearing some of the leadership of the community having a conversation about something. But for now, you guys are gathered in the deep, deep base of the cavern. The egg clutches, a dozen or so of them around you, quite large in size. In the middle, an obelisk with the prophecy that you had read off of it. And a very, very distinct feeling that something else might be here. What would you guys like to do? Well, we ticked off the thing and the, the ticked off. That's the maybe not the right word choice. Um, <laughs> we marked off the list, finding the edge cl- egg clutch. Uh, we marked off the list, um, possibly the Cindercrest King, right? Um, but where is Korgoth's wife? And we've also just heard from Sibo, and we know that Mason is doing something all the way at the volcano. Watching the uh, fire giants, I think. Yeah. And also, didn't we lose contact with Sibo after that too? Though we did. Crap. Hmm. But that is really far away, and we have no way of getting there. There is an airship immediately. In the city. Not immediately, but there's an airship on Th- in Thane's Reach. If we could somehow commandeer that. I mean, I know, I know, you really. I fully expect you would be great at commandeering an airship <laughs> spot. <laughs> but we can't stealth an airship away from the city. So it says you. <laughs> okay. Do we see any? Um, I know that when I originally had the vision of Korgoth's wife, it was sort of traveling me through an area. Is this mm-hmm. an area that I recognize where we're in now? That um, I would be able to navigate towards her. Yeah, give me either survival or nature. Your choice. Okay. Um, I don't know. Great. Well, if you're uh, looking for that. I was going to say, I can play a song uh, of uh, inspiration, oh. maybe. Yeah, I'm going to play a song of inspiration while you're doing this. Oh, awesome. All so, right. An extra D10. Oh, sick. That's awesome. Okay. Alright, I rolled a 14. 14, 15, so it's a uh, 20. But should I do the inspiration? You can hold on to it if you want to. I'll, I'll use it. This feels important. <laughs> oh, alright, it's a 28. 28? Awesome. This feels like the part of your vision when you saw the guardian like guarding the actual egg clutch mm-hmm. um, you don't feel like you've seen the section of the mining pit that maybe she was affiliated to you kind of remember her being held in a series of structures that you noticed first that were part of the interior of the mining pit and then as you went by there 
you remember going down into the egg clutch lair where the guardian was noticed by you uh, before the darkened energy kind of forced the disengagement of the vision. Um, this all feels connected and it feels right, but yet it is a little strange that you haven't seen her yet. And, and I guess it sounds like I wouldn't remember based on the vision sort of like directionally, which way she should be. From. Not really. It's, okay. they're, they're probably just kind of insightful ideas of where you remember seeing things. Um, okay. And because it was such a specific target pulling you through, um, yeah, you don't really remember um, uh, specifically the area that she might have been in. Okay. But we think she's, I think she's close. She's somewhere here in these mines or in structures nearby. But I can't remember from the vision where exactly she is. Mm -hmm. Well, we could spend more time down here and see if we can find her, and if there's, you know, a direct connection between this cavern and hers. But I do feel very indebted to Zebo, and I do want to make sure she's fine. Is there any... Uh... <laughs> what? I think he's agreeing with you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he's a hungry cat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Who was who was also about to waste all of our salt? <laughs> um, is there a way to try and connect with her again to see if maybe uh, we can just confirm whether she needs us right away? If I. If if you scried on her, could you send her a message? Uh, uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, you froze for a second there, uh, Kurt. What was that? Oh, no. Uh, I said if you scried on her, were um, you able to send her a message? I can send her a message without scrying on her, or I could scry on her. I mean, her. because you did scry on her before, like. I oh yeah, to, I, I thought you had to like recognize, like know the person to be able to send them a message. I have to know them, but I I have sent to her before and I've spied on her, so I would think it should be okay. Um, I could send Maybe her a message. You can tell and, us where she is. Yeah, that's a good idea. We also could let Horgoth know that we have the eggs because these are they're big, right? I mean, we don't have a way to. You said they're watermelon size. Yeah, they're oh, clutches okay. of watermelon size eggs, yeah. And there's about a dozen clutches with approximately anywhere from three to eight eggs per clutch. I still say bag of holding. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not against trying to loop those into the bag of holding, but but where do we go from there? It's what I'm, more what I'm concerned about. But having knowing that we have Korgoth's wife with us, that can care for those if we Do you have guys to remember her name? I, I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot I, of pages I back. I think it's Scalari, isn't it? That sounds right. Oh, oh yeah. Scalari I was thinking was Scaly, which is not. <laughs> That's the triangle. Scalari was Korgoth's daughter. Yes, that's right. That was oh. the priestess' daughter. Naleth was the other one. So it was either um, Vashari or Naleth. Uh, I, I got was the other priestess. Naleth? Yeah. Is that what she was the yeah, other. Okay. 
Um, all right, well, why don't I try? I'm getting low-ish on spell slots, but why don't I try sending to Nalith and ask her if she's all right, if anyone's guarding her, and if she can give us directions. How complicated of a spell is that? Uh, it is. It is a. I'd have to cast it at fourth level. Um, mm. So, which spell are you thinking of? We have ending. Well, we I have a levels. We we have a really really stealthy uh, monk that is just chomping at the bit to sneak around this place. Um. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. I know maybe he yeah, he could walk on walls, so yeah. he could theoretically walk on the ceiling and be mostly even more undetected than normal, right? Like you're thinking. I mean, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but I like it because we're in a we're in a well, we're usually we're not usually in a tunnel, but we're in caverns. So, I mean, if you're on the ceiling, remember Winter and I were able to get down here easier. Because for well, first we were flying, but we stayed high above everything. We didn't make any noise. But you're a sneaky guy, and you can walk on walls. And we locked the one door too, so there's like a door locked with a bunch of people stuck behind it having lunch or dinner. Or whatever well, that's way up there. above. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we have to go back up out of the cavern, but. Do we? Are there any doors? Have we even looked down here around to see if there's any doors? No, the only thing I did was begin to read the writing on the obelisk in the center yeah. of the room. Uh, I would like to scan the room then, uh, see if there's any any entrances, entrances or exits down here, uh, okay. or if we have to go back up and then out of there. I think give me investigation as you look around. Glad I have my extra good stuff with that because that's a nineteen with all my bonuses. Nice. The space that you currently occupy is mostly lit by kind of like the natural plants, lichen, and fungus that kind of make up this space. Um, you can see bridge-like scaffolding on the ground that seems to be angled away what, from what looks to be an old ruined building or structure in the background. You can see the dual obelisks and a kind of strange blackened crater that sits at the base uh, of an area between the obelisks. One is a blank obelisk, and the other one is the one that you read all that initial writing of that um, shadow prophecy um, off of it. There are rocky columns and places that seem to show signs of excavation this place feels like it's been excavated like it's been hollowed out um there is a corridor on the furthest back side of the cavern a tunnel opening and it's 10 feet high by eight feet across <coughs> excuse me um and it looks like maybe they were using it as the main access point for excavation down here because you can see the residual effects of like stacks of debris pile um, uh, tools and buckets and chain and um, you know kind of like wooden uh, structures to help reinforce the tunnel so it feels like maybe at some point they tunneled down excavated from below and then began to excavate from above and then they hollowed out this whole space that seemed to not only reveal the obelisk um, 
but also gave them the ability to hide the clutch aches down here and trap whatever that shadow form was down here that was being forced to act as almost a guardianship for the copper takers and makers. So it's a pretty vast interior space. There's the original long climb up to get to the overlook. And Which is where all the stuff was stored, right? Yes, where okay. everything was stored up there as well. And then the overlook had a door that went out into a series of hallways and corridors and like inner workings of chambers of maybe the the individuals that might be responsible for maintaining the excavation. And that was um, where we got into the room, right? That originally, was, that was yeah. Our, our entry point, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for, especially from the uh, platform, the elevator platform that brought you down through the air shaft. Uh, you said there was a, a, an old structure there near the scaffolding. Yeah, it's partially collapsed. You could see a couple walls, uh, an exposed level of floor, and then some kind of weird statue kind of jetting up from the second level of the ruins. Uh, I'm going to point that out to the group. Like, hey, you know, over in the corner there, thank you for the dark vision, buddy. Because uh, I couldn't see anything without it. Uh, but over in the corner there, we've got, I mean, this, yeah, this scaffolding's all falling apart, but there's, there used to be a building there. Um, I'll, I'm going to fly over and look at it if anyone wants to come with me. But over there also is uh, a corridor. I don't know if it's in or out. I can't. I can't tell you. Um, somebody's got a better nature grasp than me can probably discern whether that's going to go further in or maybe out. But uh, I think it might do us some good to look what else is down here, because uh, I'm thoroughly creeped out by what we just read on this chair. Um, I can do a nature check. Unless somebody else has a higher nature. I got plus one. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> it's Well, I mean, I have a plus seven, but... I have a plus eight. See, there you go. <laughs> My one strong point. So, Puck, you and... Um... It's just because I'm a jack of all trades, except for medicine. <laughs> you got the intelligence hat. It's intelligence-based. Yes! Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so... Puck, as you sword. As you <laughs> right, kind of like head over to that side of the cavern to kind of investigate the tunnel. Uh, go ahead and give me a nature check as you begin to examine the tunnel. 26. Nice. Um, it's interesting. There's The tunnel almost feels like it was naturally made because you don't see any signs of like striations or signs of like tools being used. The sides of the tunnel are kind of oddly rounded and there's a lot of like striation marks. You get the feeling that something very large and gelatinous made this tunnel. Well, I hate that. Um, I inform everyone and I try to think of what it might have been. Like a big worm? Is that what you're saying? possible did you say gelatinous though that's that's not a good word jelly, jelly worms but, uh, <laughs> they have those ones back in uh, rex interim that the kids eat that they're like stretchy little <laughs> they're made by the guild they're made by the guild called trolley yeah <laughs> they're in steep competition with uh, the haribos 
Um, they called there... the Great Confectioner's War of 1919. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> Teeth rotten, falling out on the ground everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, my kind of war. So that, <laughs> so so that sounds like it goes deeper then, yeah. Uh, it sounds like there might be something that we're gonna hate to encounter that might still. Whatever did this is very strange. Uh, how how recent is it, it? But is Can it I, like an old cavern? With that it, with that same roll, it's probably been within the last year that it was made. Oof. Um, can I detect if there are any animals or ideally bats around us? Do you want to use some kind of sensibility or just kind of look around and see? Uh, I guess I don't really have uh, the spell for like detect animal right now. Give me perception and look around, see if you notice anything. <laughs> perception is a plus one. It's very sad. <laughs> um, Eleven. Eleven. I mean, you're seeing kind of like the normal kind of like ecosystem down here. A lot of insects, bats. Um, the, there's quite a few creatures, like subterranean creatures that you expect to see down here. So there's a variety to choose from. Oh, nice. So can I try and talk to one of the bats? Uh, sure. Give me persuasion. Uh, nice. So I can do um, uh, speak with animal spell. Okay. Persuasion with advantage. Uh, yay. Because I'm also not very persuasive. <laughs> well, uh, 18 is the higher one. Okay. Um, as a swirl of bats kind of move about a nearby section of wall, one of the bats hears your kind of like clicking sounds and you get its attention. And as the bat starts flying towards you, it gets a little bit bigger. And by the time it kind of like lands on your shoulder to kind of like look at you strangely, it's about the size of a chicken. So it's a good sized bat. Um, and it just, it's looking at you and kind of waiting for you to speak almost. And it's mostly making chirping noises at you. Have you seen a lizard kin? held captive in these uh, caves. Workers? Workers? Uh, a lizard. A, a large lizard. Almost like a person. Workers? Workers? <laughs> that starts kind of like flying around. Um, you can hear it chirping the word workers as it starts to kind of flit down the tunnel. Uh, I run after it, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to yeah. look at the other and be like, what, what the heck is going on here? And Punch is now big enough for you. No, something's down there, and now she's chasing a bat and clicking at it down a hallway? <laughs> I think we Punch, is, swallow, right? Punch is big enough for you to ride now, Puck, so if you want, you could actually ride Punch. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you leap up onto Punch's back, and it starts tearing down the tunnel as you try to keep up with the bat that just chirps the word workers the whole time as it kind of leads you deeper 
into the tunnel. Um, Winter is keeping an eye on the Overwatch to make sure nothing pokes its head over the side. What are the three of you doing at this point? There's no way I'm keeping up with that, with that tiger. <laughs> I trust Puck to keep. Uh, sorry, I trust Punch rather to keep Puck out of trouble. He seems like a good kitty. Um, mm. I want to take a look at that uh, that door that Earth and pointed out. Just see if uh, anything about it. It kind of looks like there's a statue in there, and I'm really curious as to what that might be. Huh. All right. Take All right. Spot, give me investigation as you head over to start examining the remains of the structure. I mean, this could be religious. You want to come with us? If you want to toss some, uh, some inspiration my way, my investigation's not great. Well, I'm, I'm coming with you, so I mean, I can take a look at it too. You can give but, me investigation as well, Earthen, if you're going yeah. with Spot. Yeah, if we're, I, I was trying to convince Xanth to follow us yeah, on the I'll sense come. that that might be religious in nature. Okay. Oh, that was a fantastic roll. So it wasn't a nat 20, but it was an 18. So plus. And what'd you get, Spot? An eight. An eight? Okay. Plus nine. So that's 27 uh, with my bonuses. So Um, there is a lot of writing on it. Does anybody speak infernal or celestial? Oh, I do. Infernal or celestial? Oh, okay. Wow, <laughs> she can read it all. She is one of those kinds of priestesses. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like so. Earthen, as you come over and look at it, you begin to describe a eight foot tall, um, kind of like statue of strange kind of. Um, they're representative of upper body figures attempting to kind of like curl around this kind of blackened obelisk in the center of it. So it's like a statue of of humanoid effigies that are uh, trying to pull themselves out of the statue. While the center of the statue itself seems to be made up of some kind of obelisk. Um, As you begin to read it, Zanath, the infernal writing um, is a containment ritual. Something designed to contain a great deal of energy for the purposes of keeping something from being released. But then you read the parts that are celestial, and the celestial parts talk about um, a creature or something called Erebos um, and the shadowed one who is responsible for the remaking of the vastness of the world. Um, There is some parody here between this and what you read over on the obelisk that's in the shape of a throne. Um, They seem to be connected, although you're not entirely sure how, but they, they seem to be similar style of writing while the other one was more prophetic. This seems more like a ritualistic kind of casting on the stone itself. This is infernal language about containment of something and celestial language speaking about Erebos. It's it's weird to see them on the same it feels like it feels like an enchantment to accomplish something instead of a prophecy. It's just weird to see them both on the same 
obelisk. Do they look like they were written at the same time, like composed at the same time, or one was composed first and the other was composed over it, maybe? I would say with that investigation check, they look like they might have been created at the same time. The prophecy on the obelisk throne explaining the purpose of the throne, this shattered remains of an obelisk describing a ceremony. So maybe the this obelisk was used as a ceremony for the throne, and it kind of feels connected. So these things are linked. I, I, I can't figure out how yet, but I, I'm not giving up. Um, but I think was these it, were all created at the same time. Was the dragon that we just released Erebos? Yeah, that was Erebos. To be, right? And this is er, talking well, about... That's who, I mean, that's who he told Puck he was. Yeah. Or who Puck told us he was. And he responded to it when I called him that. Do we just release Erebos on the world? I would, you know, you you talk to your helmet so much and you haven't been able to talk to him lately. But I feel like your helmet would have an idea of, uh, I mean... That's your religious thing, right? You know, I... You religious types are... Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had time to cast Commune in a while. I'm surprised that... If that was... Uh, primordial before the gods... That... At least somebody wasn't talking to either one of you guys. Like, looking at both of them. All that going into this thing, you know, you both had these visions and stuff about, you know, oh, do the thing. And then we come down here and I think we did the thing. And it's radio silence after that? Really? Yeah, that's been, that's been interesting. <sighs> Puck, as you get about a thousand feet into the tunnel... The bat eventually, you watch as it settles on a perch up ahead. And it just keeps squeaking and squeaking about workers, workers, workers. And as you approach where the bat is, you realize that once again, you're on another overlook. Like this small, um, uh, similar to the one that you were on before. The only difference is you can see a series of stone stairwells leading down into gradually the cacophony of a working mining pit is like echoing up towards you. There are hundreds of people down here at work. The The vastness of this chamber you just walked into makes the other chamber look infinitesimal in comparison. There are dozens and dozens of scaffolding erected along kind of like cavern walls and hanging from very heavy industrial chains you can see cages one cage in particular that's nearby you can see what looks to be a lizard folk individual who is wearing the same kind of body paint that the sawtooth clan would wear and they look like they've been there for a while but you also see other cages filled with humans and dwarves and halflings and other individuals that seem to be being held in kind of these cages up in the air and, you know, so that they can't escape as far as you can tell. There are 
signs that their chains link down to cranking devices. So maybe they're either lowered for food or, you know, lowered to uh, put more people in it. It seems to be a way that they're containing people. But at the very bottom of this expansing cavern, where you can see more people working, you can hear the tools clicking off stone. That might be why no one's really bothered to look upwards. You can't see um, uh, individuals kind of like patrolling the crowd a bit. Every now and then somebody being poked or prodded with a sword or spear to get back to work. Um, meanwhile, this entire excavation is taking place around a hundred foot tall stone structure. And the bizarre nature of the stone structure is it seems to be interlaced or interconnected with facets of, of jewels or gems. You're not really sure. Maybe precious stones kind of emblazoned into the rock. There's scaffolding at the base of it, scaffolding being erected up into it. The weird part is from this vast distance, looking down at this huge lit up site, you get the feeling you're in the main mining pit, which tells you this might be exactly the area that that Xanath remembers scrying. Coming down the pit, a brief flash of structures and people, and then the flash of the corridor with the Guardian. You feel like you might be standing in that corridor. Meanwhile, the huge stone structure that they're excavating is in the shape of a heart. You're mute. Yes, I'm sorry. But no one's noticed you yet. You get the feeling that the overall busyness of the environment and the fact you're up high, um, you're just kind of in the shadows looking down into this huge mining site. Yeah, I kind of double check that I'm hidden. Um, Give me a stealth check in that case. Uh, 25. Okay. Good day. You feel pretty hidden. Um, The sounds of the excavation and the dark shadows that you're in. Meanwhile, you watch as the bat flies up into the nearest cage that's a good 100 feet up to your right. And it's suspended over the vast chasm down below. And you watch as the bat chirping the word worker, 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 as it kind of like it settles on the cage, just chirping in the distance, worker. And that's when you see this lizard folk kind of peer through the bars, looking up at the bat, confused as to what the chirping sound is, but then kind of settles back down in the middle of the cage. Okay, well... So, uh, since we um, we got into the 12th level uh, last time, uh, I was able to add a feat, and I added telepathic. Uh, still <laughs> very useful in my case, uh, with all the did animals. We, did we level up yet? I mean, I know we got the level, but we hadn't rested. Oh, does it not come in until we rest? Correct. You still have to take a long rest. You guys found the you found no. the prophecy 
like midday of day four. My plan. Oh no. <laughs> so technically we haven't taken a rest yet. Okay, I need to go call everyone else. So I guess um, I try to stay as hidden as possible as I kind of retrace my steps back to everyone so I can get some help okay. and see if I can notice anything else that could be helpful. Okay. Um, I would also say Spot, Earth, and, and Xanath, as you're examining this statue, it seems to be buried partially in the remains of what feels like a temple. And this corner section of the temple, you can see pictographs and etchings and the sign of artistry of what looks to be from your, well, give me a religious check, um, Zanath, as you begin to read the artwork and look at the story that it's trying to tell. Okay. That is, that's a 24. It's actually familiar scripture for you. Oh. There's a book um, uh, that is dedicated to the understanding of the Dawn Father. And it is said that the study of light and dark is kind of a common attributable kind of discussion about the Dawn Father. Although most people feel an affinity for his worship during the early morning of each day and looking out upon that dawn and then doing their best to uphold what he stands for and bringing safety and security and the light to the dark corners of the world. There's also some of the scripture here that reminds you of what's called there's certain points in celestial pantheon where the celestial planes were unobtainable, un unable to travel to. And these were called the periods of shadow. Supposedly, an infamous Azimir who had fallen brought the riddle of what this shadow period meant. And this fallen Azimir shared this and it, it spun this kind of prophetic understanding that the world is created in shadow so that when the Dawn Father exposes light on it, it shows you a whole new world that no one even knew existed. And it feels like that's what this is a prophecy about, about the... The, the fallen Azimir, the shadow that casts into the oblivion. The oblivion is then lit by the Dawn Father's teaching and a great society is birthed from this reveal. Um, there are many different variations of it to different cultures and how they interpret, but this feels like a prophecy of creation. And is that is that prophecy, is that all sort of come from like that would be the that would be the Dawn Father cleric's understanding of the world, right? To a certain degree, yeah. Their okay. their their summation that it makes sense that the Dawn Father brings light into dark, and therefore dark is revealed. Mm -hmm. This feels like a kind of extension of that belief, um, and it feels like it's designed in like a very ceremonial, prophetic way, while 
the 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 stone obelisk throne is laced with prof- prophetical warnings. This feels more like a ceremony that was used to seal something that was revealed in darkness, and then it was released. Oh, okay. Um, I, I recognize this language. This is teachings from the Dawn Father. This is their creation myth that darkness was created and that you know, the Dawn Father's light would reveal what was in the darkness. And this seems like it's designed to seal something that was revealed in the darkness. Well, wait, so keep it in the darkness? I think seal it. Seal something that had been revealed. Huh. Why? If that whole prophecy that you just talked about, you said that's... You said that's... There's darkness and the Dawn Father shines light on it and that's a new world. Mm-hmm. Then why would you want to keep it in darkness? Mm, I guess there are some things we want to leave in the darkness. Or that would be the theory. I don't know. This sounds like people want to hold power over stuff, but, you know, who am I? This temple is obviously old and I don't... We haven't seen... We've seen signs of Cord and Melora. We've seen Helm's Temple. And now we're seeing the Dawnfather's Temple too in this space underneath the ground. Are you guys all tied together? The gods are all tied together. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, there's teams, right? Teams of uh, clerics? No, teams of gods. Like, aren't some gods are kind of on the same side and some aren't on the same side? Like the betrayer stuff and all that, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think... Helm is a lawful good god. The Dawnfather is a is a lawful good god. They're they're Cord and the and the the, 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 the the plant lady. I don't remember her Melora. name. Sure. <laughs> and the tricky guy, where you're with the one that you keep trying to commune with that you apparently can never commune with until you have some revelation in front of a primordial being under a giant gem. Cat lord, like the the, the cattiest of cats. Oh, I, I'm mixing yours <laughs> up. I'm sorry. There's a cat lord, and then there's the one that you're like that you follow. Whatever. Kimura, the goddess yeah. of luck. Sure. Yeah. Are they all like any of these not good guys? I mean, I feel like most of mine are pretty neutral. Like, I mean, come on, name, name a cat that's not chaotic, but um, like. Tamora and Nula seem pretty neutral. Like, one is a goddess of luck, the other is of living things, so I don't think either one actively wants these things, but... All the language about life, like uh, light and darkness, is very consistent with that prophecy that we read on the obelisk, that it's, it's about a battle between light and darkness. Well, who's trying to hide it? Who's trying to keep it in the dark? Is it the people in the light trying to keep it in the dark or the people in the dark trying to keep it in the dark? 
Can you tell that? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, scripture, scripture. I mean, it, it, it feels like this was written by someone who had knowledge of. Well, you know what? You can give me an insight check, Zanath, a general insight check to see if there's a connection here that you're just not seeing yet. Okay. Like you, I'm, I'm trying to. Is, did, did someone on the good side write this about keeping in the dark, or someone on the bad side want to keep in the dark? That's a twenty-three. One of the there's two of the prophecies on the throne obelisk that you find interesting. The first one is, but sacrifice and blood they will pay, for darkness thrives in endless sway. Only united with strength untold can the Cinder King's wrath be controlled. Now. The obelisk talks about the containment of the shadow Erebus, but yet the throne talks about something called the Cinder King and clearly some kind of sacrifice that took place as part of its containment. This is now beginning to feel like two things were placed here, that maybe Erebus was placed here to prevent the Cinder King's release. The other... Um, one that you find interesting as it relates to this containment obelisk. In the heart of flame, the key resides. To seal the king where hope subsides, unleash the power pure and bright, restore the realm's internal light. That is a very famous proverb of, of the Dawn Fathers. That's very much something that they chant when they go into battle it for religious notion whoever did the obelisk um the the cinder king's throne obelisk was you get the feeling was a follower of the dawn father something was contained here or something is contained here with erebus's leaving you get the feeling that he was connected to the obelisk and therefore was watching over this site. It just seems like it was a good idea to put the clutch eggs down here as a way of maybe just utilizing the guardian for multiple things. But the more you read this scripture and this understanding, if the creature Erebos had the ability to shapeshift and alter themselves in a polymorphic way, the manacle would make no sense for him. That manacle's meant for something else. And the prophecies on the th obelisk throne is the true nature of something here that's still being contained. When Erebos had uh, some kind of not man like manacle thing on his neck. He had like already. a choker chain with, like, a, yeah. with, with an absent jewel from it. Yeah. Bring him over here. So that, I mean, okay, did we do the wrong thing or the right thing? I don't know yet. But did I do the wrong thing or right thing? I don't know yet. But uh, I don't know. I saw when I touched that gem, there was I, I saw a dragon thing missing a gem, and this guy was missing a gem. And he's not missing a gem anymore because I gave him a gem. And he, if he was guarding this area, but he was being tortured, and the primordials and the gods wanted to call him home, 
maybe there's some other containment. But if he was, if he was the thing that was holding whatever's here, here, and he's gone and not coming back, um, we could be in trouble. Do we like sense? It doesn't feel like weird or ominous in here. Do we sense it, or does it just kind of feel like a normal, empty cavern? It definitely feels strange. Um, it's at that moment when the three of you kind of like stop to kind of look around, you see Puck come out of the tunnel riding on the back of Punch. And Puck, as you come out of the tunnel, you can see the other three are up on the ruined building doing some investigating up there. You can still see Winter over on the other side, keeping an eye on the Overwatch still at this point. But the four of you are back together again. You guys. Um, No, I found you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so, so what What was that? Fish? Birds? Bats now, too? These bats have been very useful to us, especially down here, but this is besides the point, because um, I found uh, the lizard lady. And, you found her? Well, I, I explained everything I saw yeah. there. Five minutes later, everything that she Whoa. saw, she's now <laughs> kind of like filling all of you in on. So everything I narrated for Puck, you guys all now know with equal expectation. Whoa. Uh, The key in the heart. The heart? The giant building in that big cavern you said was shaped like a heart covered in jewels? Yes. And there's this reference to a key in the prophecy that's referenced to a key inside of a burning heart. Oh God, well, they seem to be hard at work digging there. I don't know how much time we have before they find whatever it is they're looking for. Well, was it burning? What was it? Um, oh, you just said I, it was a stone, a big stone heart. It was, yeah, it was like a hundred feet tall, maybe a good 50 feet in diameter and roughly shaped. Um, like a heart, like a, you know, not like the organ of a heart, but like shaped kind of like, like the kind of like um, a narrative style of a heart. So um, not the emoji, not the, uh, the... Yeah, yeah, very strangely. <laughs> and you just remember seeing a lot of glass-like um, striations in it, flecks of what you thought might be gems. And it all glowed with a strange kind of orange effervescence um, within the kind of like glassy surface of what you could see. Uh, there was scaffolding erected around the base of it. There was scaffolding kind of as if they were gradually excavating it over time. This seems to you you seem to have found the main focus of what uh, the copper keepers and the copper uh, makers and takers might be focused on at this point. It seems like that's the main body of the mining pit. So maybe that's the heart of maybe that's the heart of flame. Do we think the thing that's being dropped in the volcano is about to I release mean, the Cinder King? Because that was in that, fire elemental speech, right? That yeah, it was in it was fire it was elemental speech on the on the throne, not infernal or celestial. Yeah. So there was elemental stuff happening the same time as infernal and celestial stuff happening all in this one room. And the infernal and celestial one is all 
crumbled and crackled. But the it, the elemental one looks great down there, and it's also really scary and black and covered in fiery script. I think I feel like we're about to have a big problem shortly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, all of you begin to feel slight tremors under your feet. Well, okay, that's, that's fine. fine. <laughs> and you're free to give me survival. You could try to figure out where it's coming from. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Worst roll of the day. Oh, that's. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I got a nat one. So I got a four with my plus eight. <laughs> I mean, I got an 11. <laughs> okay. That way. I, I got a 12 with my bonuses. It was gotcha. a five, but a 12 with my bonuses. Buck? Nine. Nine. None of us are going to survive. Yeah, I mean, you start all looking around. You can hear little bits of pebbles and small rocks falling. You see little dust contrails. Most of the tremor is very slight underneath your feet. And then it stops. Do you feel like it stopped near us or just stopped completely? Just stopped completely. Okay, spot. Let's let's scoop up these eggs. If if she found mom, if she found mama lizard, um, let's scoop up the eggs, and then maybe we can go and and present an egg to her to show that we're. Well, part of the challenge is that they are in cages above that, many many people, so rescuing and approaching her might. Well, that is true. <laughs> we want to try and. Get these cages down on the ground and get everyone out, or are we just trying to sneak Naleth out? Yeah, because Puck would have described at least a dozen cages filled with people. You also described people being prodded to work, not people working willingly, let's say. Yeah, that's very much like uh, Spot's not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to leave the guys in cages. Naleth is my target, but I'm going to continue on. Can we? I'm a, I'm a bit exhausted. Um, do we feel safe uh, near this area here that we could rest? A long rest or a short rest? Short rest doesn't do me much good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I get nothing out of short rest. I mean, begin I... to feel tremors again. But it, it's feeling I urgent. Think this is a good time to sleep. Urgent. <laughs> I mean, our like we're way off, kind of off to the side over here. We're not, you know. I'm trying to stay near this caverny temple thing, which may be slightly more sacred place, right? But sorry, uh, perfect. Uh, I have an idea that's less stupid than some of my usual ones. Um, (laughs) I'm feeling great. Um, I don't really have any reason to uh, to sit here with you guys. Um, one might even say, uh, if we were measuring my like my points of damage that I can do, I was topped up. Why don't you lend me your ring, and I can kind of, I can sneak in there and start freeing the uh, prisoners in cages. You know, I'm, I'm sneaky, I can climb on walls, and I can pick locks. But how are they going to get out? Like, even though you picked the lock. That's why are I those? have to your ring so I can fly them down. But you like you can't carry, like, the ring of fly is for you. It's not. All you right. 
That's I why I had the polymorph. Actively falling right now in the background. What? Wait, no, I thought these were the tremors. Yeah, isn't that that's what's mm -hmm. happening? Is the tremors are continuing. and then they fade. I think we need to fucking go there, and we need to make sure. I have a really bad feeling that they're going to uncover this key, and then we're fucked. So let's please just go in that area, and we can find a safe spot once we see it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, was there anything like worth picking up nearby that uh, ruined temple outside of what we saw already? Um, give me a perception check. <laughs> yeah, good. I perceive a 24. Nice. Uh, I, I, I see your 24 and I raise you a 26. Ugh, Seven. Seven. I can't math. Sorry. That's 16 plus nine plus two. Okay. Between you and spot, there's a strange, um, Looking at the way this tilted and broken statue is, and your eye follows back towards the the throne obelisk of the prophecy, there is a kind of like poorly carved shaped heart in the obelisk. There's a fracture. And you get the feeling that the damage from the obelisk hit it from your sight before, but as you guys are just kind of checking one last time, there's a keyhole in the obelisk that you're currently studying. It's just, you missed it because of the way it was fractured. This whole statue looks damaged from something that occurred, but there is a keyhole in it. Well, where's the key? It's in there's the a, There's a keyhole here, but where's the key? I think they're about to uncover it, and then we're going to be fucked. Ah. That's a hundred foot tall thing. Do you think there's some tiny little key in there? <laughs> hey, don't underestimate tiny things. We've been through this. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, why a hundred, a hundred foot tall giant stone thing just to hide a tiny little key inside? Uh, only one way to find out. And I just I the, go on the, the tiger and I run down there. And if they follow me, they follow me. But I'm not going to stay here when this place collapses. <laughs> yeah, you watch this puck jumps on her tiger, starts racing down towards the tunnel. Is the obelisk heart, is it connected to the obelisk or does it look removable? Like it, it looks like it's chiseled into the statue. Oh, like it's chiseled as a part it's of the statue. It's part of okay. it, yeah. It's okay. just the way it's leaning and suffered damage, the fracture and damage on the statue itself, it kind of hid where the where the where the key entry point was. Oh. So this I, I want to be clear, this thing looks like it has not been disturbed in probably centuries. Like we're probably It looks old. There. Looks real okay. old. I'm gonna kind of glance over at uh, at Puck and like She's gone. Yeah, I'm well, gonna, where, where she was. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, the dust trail. Um, okay. Can't you pick my... locks? What? This is a keyhole. Yeah, but do we want to? Because I was going to go the opposite and, like, disguise this and make it look like nothing's fucking here because nothing good's coming out of this. Okay. The crater at the base of the 
prophecy obelisk is beginning to glow slightly. Can you can you jam the key? Can you jam the hole? Can you can you plug this thing? Uh, We're gonna try. I mean, Uh, you jammed the other one really well for those for those guards. We're gonna try that again. I I want to uh, just as much as I can destroy this lock. No, Uh, no, don't destroy it. Don't destroy it. The prophet says, "In the heart of flame, the key resides to seal the king where hope subsides." That to me, I would read that as like we got to put the key in the lock. Okay, fair enough. Because you took off and you're way ahead of them now. Sorry. At at full tilt, you get up to the edge of where you were before, and it is chaos down below. Um, You can see clouds of dust from where scaffolding is falling away. You can see where the, the, the cages are beginning to swing as the tremors seem to be worse here. Where you saw the huge structure that was being excavated, there is an orange growing kind of like flame-like light beginning to oscillate around the structure. And now you can see chunks of debris (laughs) kind of like falling from the structure. People screaming and yelling. And you can see streams of people trying to find exits and ways out of what looks to be a slowly collapsing mine pit. Fuck it, spot. We got to get the eggs. Yeah. Here. Uh, Okay. Uh, You may do that if you want me to go free Nala. I can do that by myself. You you go. I'll get the eggs. I'm I'm going to start scooping the eggs into the All right, so Earth, you're starting to scoop the eggs and trying to get them in the bag of holding. Spot, you're going to take off after Puck and see if you can get to Nalith. Yep. Um, Puck, after seeing all this, anything you want to do? Uh, try and start to release the lizard folk. I guess I'm going to call on uh, the coin drake. Um, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck like indeed. Flying what the fuck are we doing? Uh, what are we doing here, Puck? Oh, we uh, need to save those lizard folk as uh, soon as possible. Okay, uh, how? Um, let's, I'm gonna go on the dragon and fly towards, try to, like, as stealthy as possible in this chaos, fly over uh, to give the Give me a pages. stealth check, as, yeah. As you leave Punch down by the overlook, you're now flying the drake up, and every now and then, uh, go ahead and give me a deck save with advantage, because you are on your coin dragon. Oh, yay, because that was not a good, not a good throw. Uh, 20 is the highest one okay you just miss like a chunk of rock that goes right by um, you and lunch and you can feel the air draft kind of like as it goes by and then down below shatters down in the mixed crowd of people fleeing and other activity going on below you watch as a huge scaffolding that was up on the cavern wall breaks loose And just like dust and debris across the cavern floor. You can hear people screaming and yelling in fear and terror. The cage is swinging. You and Lunch come up by the cage to see um, six lizard folk and two dwarves. They all look in terrible shape. However, of the lizard folk, the one with the body paint of Sawtooth's clan looks a lot like Nalith. Uh, 
Okay, I... That is that. And you watch as the lizard folk pulls herself over to the cage to see you kind of hovering there with um, uh, with lunch. And uh, who are you? I am with, I'm with the Sawtooth clan. Your husband uh, sent us to get you. Um, uh, lunch, can you use your uh, ice breath to try and break the lock? Sure, I, 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 yeah, I can, I'll give it, you just like, he just cone of like frost on the lock and he watches the lock shatters. Wait, I'm so sorry. Uh, I just realized the page I have of his says cold, but we said that it was electricity. Either or, it's not a very robust Uh, lock. It it, it gets shattered by whatever breath weapon he puts into it. It's at that point when you do that and you've, you know, you realize you're a couple. You're like about a hundred feet up in the air, and the door is now open. The lock shatters, and the, and the metal latch comes loose. It's at that point down below you hear um, uh, Punch start growling at something, but then contains himself as Spot arrives on the edge of the overlook. He had sprinted through the tunnel, and Spot, as you skid to a halt, uh, go ahead and give me a deck save, please, Spot. Deck save. Do that. Okay. Sorry, it's not cooperating with me. Oh, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I get advantage and I rolled two ones. That's a oh, oh, no. So you watch Puck, you watch his spot comes to a halt right next to uh Punch. Punch needs to make a deck save as well, please. You had to go on about how you were in such good shape. And how, <laughs> oh, I'm not hurt at all. <laughs> it's not about being hurt. It's about having stuff to use. I remember, all my stuff's physical, so I have one spell that I haven't used. Uh, 18. 18. Oh, my God. Um, well, you're smashed. Punch leaps out of the way just as a huge chunk of rock just hits and bounces off the overwatch uh spot you'll take uh 19 points of bludgeoning damage from the shatter of the rock um i believe you could uncanny dodge it correct i can uh let me find my i think that's a key point yeah if you can't uncanny dodge it then you'll take half damage uncanny dodge so puck you're now up on lunch, the door is busted open. Spot is now below, but the chamber here is getting more. Um, not only is it getting more dangerous as you're watching huge chunks of debris falling from the sides of the pit, but you're now watching as that huge site that they were excavating is beginning to flare with flame-like light, and you just watch as a fracture of, like a, a, a portion of it, fractures. <laughs> And then you watch as lava comes spitting out of one of the fractures, kind of arcs up with a, almost kind of like um, like a laser-guided kind of like bright orange-red. And then you can now see lava bombs kind of collapsing down as this structure is shaking and the ground is shifting um, and it's just chaos all around you. Spot. As you look up to see where Puck and Lunch are, sure enough, to Puck's credit, the chain runs down to a crank system, 
It looks like all you have to do is scale the wall for about 60 feet. And then there's a ledge where the crank sits. And it seems like they're all designed this way with steel ladders running up the side of the walls up to where the different points of the crank are. For you, it would be relatively easy to get to where that first crank is up by the cage where Puck is. Okay. Um, I was looking through. I do not have Uncandy Dodge, so I've taken my damage. I'm yeah, right. 21 points of bludgeoning 19. damage from the rocks. That was 19. Oh, sorry, 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> like, once I get back up. Yeah, um, I'm going to kind of eye that ladder. I'm just going to dash up. Not, I want to say dash, or not, but like run up as fast as I can to that point. Um, and, what are you doing? Try to start hurting the. Uh, uh, try to start hurting the people in cages. To a is there like a? Uh, you have to drop is, the cages first, don't you? Yeah, but, so, to get I mean, to safely drop the cages. Let's. So, I'm going to kind of clamber out there to the uh, to the mechanism. So most of me trying to find. Uh, Give me a strength check as you see how stiff the crank might be to start lowering the first cage. God damn it. That's a five. Five? (laughs) You try to jam the crank over and it doesn't budge. All right. Let's see something if I got Back in the Cinder King's chamber, Xanath and Earthen, what are you two doing? So far, Spot took off to follow Puck. You've lost track of Puck. There's a soft red glow emanating from a blackened crater at the base of the prophecy throne obelisk um, that seems to be getting slightly brighter. The sounds of most of the collapse are coming up through the tunnel, and you get the feeling that you guys are just feeling the tremors up here of whatever's going on down in the direction of where Puck and Spot went. Uh, I've been collecting the eggs. uh, That's right. You're currently... Like, with the haversack, just... Sweeping it over each egg, trying to scoop them all in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, give me a strength check just to make sure you're not running Ouch. any problems with that. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> is Winter is there as well? Can she be helping with the egg? Yeah, so you'll have advantage. We'll say that Winter and Earth are trying to collect all the egg clutches. It's a good call. Um, yeah, that's a 10. Because I have a minus three. That's fine. The DC was <laughs> I put the DC in a ten just as a just as a way to make sure you weren't you know struggling to get these eggs. Free. I'm not making omelets, man. <laughs> with you and with you and uh, Winter doing this, you're looking at a solid thirty minutes to get all these things collected. And I'd okay. say you're about ten minutes into your effort. So Xanath, while Winter and Earth are trying to gather up all the eggs, what do you want to do? Well, I had run after Puck, which in retrospect may have been a mistake. Um, but so I, I think I ran over there and uh, probably... So you're heading up. So after Puck and Spot went that way, you're heading up that way as well? Yeah. All right. Give me a deck Spot save as you get into the main fast. tunnel. All right. Uh, 17. Oh, deck save. Yeah, 17. 17. Um, you just managed to jump out of the way of two clusters of rocks kind of falling down from the tunnel. As you get to the end of the tunnel, you can see Spot up on a ledge trying to get a crank to move. You can see Puck 
up above in the air on lunch, and you can see that there's a door hanging open, filled with about um, a handful of people from this angle. I mean, it looks like Spot is trying to get that crank to unfurl the chain, and then that would lower the 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 cage low enough to maybe figure out a way to get them across and over into the tunnel. But there's at least eleven other, unfortunately, eleven other cages as well, and similar kind of like precarious setups. And everything I described for Puck and Spot, you're seeing this all unfurl down below as well. And the is the crank gonna uh, bring down all the cages? It looks like it's only brings one down at a time because there's other ledges with other chains and other cranks. The one that Spot's working on is just connected to the to the cage that Puck and Lunch are up by. Um, can I maybe like uh, if there's a if I can like crouch in the tunnel where it's dark, I can activate fly and then go try and release another cage. Sure. As you activate your fly ability, you take off up in the air and you float up past Puck. You and Spot watch as Xanath flies by the two of you. Um, Spot, go ahead and give me another strength say or strength check as you try to continue on the crank. Before I do that, can I look at that and see if maybe I can free it up with either my thieves tools, like if I have some oil or some. Ooh, yeah, I'll say you can. I'll give you advantage. I'm okay with that. Zenith, give me perception as you start looking around for other cages to focus on. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was a 15 on that one. Okay. That is the first DC was a 12. The second one was a 15. So once you put a little bit of um, oil on there that you'd gotten from No More, um, it freed up the pin. The pin pulls out. And now you're lowering the cage. Puck, you're watching as the cage begins to lower. Zenith, what'd you get for your perception? 22. 22. So as you fly, you count 11 more cranks evenly spaced out. Um, you could see that each of the other cages are filled with at least anywhere from a half dozen to a dozen individuals, all kind of like screaming and clamoring. Meanwhile, deep in the mining pit itself, a you know, good solid 100 feet below you, you could see that with everything collapsing and falling into the pit, People are racing and trying to get out. No one really seems to notice what's going on with the cages at this point. You can see people that look like they're guards, like their their main goal is to keep everything contained and orderly, but they're panicking as well, almost as if this wasn't even planned for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just pure chaos below you. Uh, give me an insight check as you begin to f- try to figure out how long this might take. Okay. Um, that's a 24. Yeah. With the three of you working together, trying to avoid the rock falls, it'll take you at least 30 to 45 minutes to get all these people out of here, at least in the cages. And that's you and Puck flying people over to the overwatch, just getting, because if you lower them all the way down into the chaos, you may never see them again. Because the ground is, like, collapsing and... Yeah, everything down there is 100 times worse than what you guys are experiencing up here. Because you're watching these house-sized rocks kind of drift by as they're collapsing down below in the main pit. So it's actually maybe better if they stay up in the cages. Hard to know, because if any of those chains are connected to a falling rock, they'll eventually just fall as dead weight. Yeah. 
Uh, and my fly only lasts for a minute, so I can't be ferrying people back and forth to the overhang. So, uh, I think I have to, I think I have to like fly back down yeah. and it just feels like I can't, I don't think I can get it done. Um, so I, I have an idea. Yeah. All right. Instead of trying to winch them all down. Um, I've got some rope. Why don't we try to make some uh, some handles with something? Just something wide enough that we can wrap around the chain so that they can propel down themselves. It's not ideal, but it takes a lot less time. It gives them a good chance of not dying in a cage. I can get up there by, by myself. I can pick those locks. So we'll say the three of you managed to get the first cage empty and guided and and with lunch and puck two dwarfs, the other four uh, lizard folk, and then uh, Nalith are all now on the Overwatch. Took about five to ten minutes to do that. And now that you're all back on the Overwatch after doing that, Spot is explaining that he could just scale the different spots of the location of the chains and hope of at least giving them a fighting chance. Um, I have a question. Um, okay, so... I still have freedom of waves, and it's one of those game mechanics that like has a uh, red kind of like this is unofficial material part. <laughs> yeah. Um, specifically, I think around the idea that the game mechanics of it can change uh, based on the DM. Mm-hmm. Um, um, um. <laughs> um, if you want. To <laughs> um, specifically, the idea of. Do you conjure like seawater, or do you have to use ones? I think that like water that already exists. So if I can right. conjure water in large amounts, maybe I can at least get the lava and the fire a little bit more under control. The vastness of it seems like you're watching as more and more begins to pull pour out of the fractured um, excavation site that they were working on. It feels insurmountable from a from a from a quantitative standpoint. It's getting worse with each minute that passes. Um, at best, you might be able to create a lot of steam from the water colliding with with the lava, but you're now getting a soft glow from below as a steady lava pool is beginning to form around the base of the giant heart shaped monolithic kind of building structure that they were working on as more and more lava is coming in. It's not about whether or not you could do it. It's the amount that you could conjure to even try to affect it feels overwhelming. Can I conjure some water around the heart thing to see if I can slow down whatever is happening? Uh, What's the range on it? Uh, A 10 foot tall cylinder centered and point within range. Other ranges... uh, should give you spell uh, 120 range. feet or to so 10 feet, 120 feet. Yeah, so you're currently about 500 feet away up where you are. Oh. You have to get within 120 feet to start trying to manipulate it. You can actually already feel the heat from where you are. Okay, I'll give this one up. I was hoping I could give us some more You're time. more than willing to take a try at it. I'm just saying it's it's getting hot. Uh, I'll just stay focused on getting as many people out of there. Can I try a divine intervention? 
Ooh. <laughs> I think that no one ever gets divine intervention, but... See, so what level are you? I am level 12. Okay. Well, we haven't leveled up, but we're... Le- oh, I'm we're okay, but, but I'm okay with you being level 12 for this roll. So, okay. uh, yeah, roll a d100, and if you get a 12 or less, you can ask your god for help. And the way you do this, right, is you roll this guy for the 10, and then just a d10 for the 1, for the 1's place, is that right? Well, there should be one that has double zeros on it. Yeah. Yeah. And there should be another one that's just a normal D10. Okay. All right. Got yeah. it. Okay. The ones with double zeros are your hundredths, and the one D10 is, you know, your one through 100. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Let's go, Helm. Come on. <laughs> nah, he's not having it. So 27. Is <laughs> it 27? Yeah. I mean, that's still pretty low. It's, it's, that's almost know, bottom quarter. So. Once I reach level 27, it will be <laughs> excellent. But until then, it's useless. All right. Let's go ahead and take our five-minute break. I can't believe it's been an hour and a half already. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and take our five-minute break. When we come back, we'll do the second half. I can't tell if that's the falling rocks or if that's like thunder in the background of someone. (laughs) As far as I know, that's just the background. (laughs) Kurt. (laughs) Yeah, it ain't me. But. As I said in the, in the chat, my power did flicker, so I might disappear unexpectedly. I I have an idea um, for now, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, I love escape encounters. They're so much fun. Yep. I'm, uh, I have some, mm, talking about the water misting away changed to what I was thinking I might try. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Puck had a good idea. It was just the volume of lava Uh would make it almost insurmountable. And she's got to get down in there as well. So Mm -hmm. there's a, an inherent danger to that. Well, yeah, I've, I've still got an idea. We'll, we'll see if it works, but... Remember, all of you guys should still have at least one serving of Trail Mix of Fire Resist. Oh, that's huge. It's true. That's awesome. Lava is notoriously dangerous, though. It does mm-hmm. a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Absorb Elements still. That's true. So, as Puck, Spot, and Xanath work to do what they can down there, Puck, you and Xanath begin to lead the few that you that you released from the first cage back into the main chamber where Earthen and Winter are currently collecting the eggs. Spot, you spend the next 
15 minutes leaping from point to point to point, attaching rope and beginning to lockpick the gates and setting up what you believe is going to be a way for them to kind of repel down towards the overlook and give them a chance to scurry into the tunnel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll consume the team's spare rope. So at this point, none of you will have rope after this. Um, go ahead and give me two deck saves during the process. Spot. Give me a second. I'm just removing my uh, my rope. Okay. So I can do that. Okay. So two deck saves. Two deck saves. All right, my first one is a 26. Okay. Uh, my second is a 28. Okay. Uh, now give me a general sleight of hand, which I'll use as your main number against the DC of all the locks, uh, with advantage because you do have lock oh, picks. Okay. All right. So far, I. I'm going to guess I probably don't need to. My, my first roll is a 21. That's fine. Just need the one. Okay. All right. So that'll consume some time. Puck, you and Xanath eventually make it back into the egg clutch chamber where it's been about 20 minutes now. Um, Earthen and Winter are a little over halfway done. Um, they've gathered up half of the eggs at this point. You then watch as the uh, Nalith is now doing her best to guide everybody up a series of uh, of like earthen crawl and foot trails that lead back up to the top of the Overwatch. Because um, from above you couldn't see it, but from below you could see that there is an actual way to aggress back up towards the Overwatch. And she is now leading the other lizard folk and the two dwarves up that as she senses the need to get out of here. Um, both uh, you and Puck would also notice at the base of one of the obelisks, there's a growing kind of ember of, of red and orange expanding out of the crater and around the prophetic obelisk, the one shaped like a throne. Um, you'll also know notice as well, Earthen, your passive should be good enough, that the writing of the prophecy is slowly turning into flame. I don't like that writing. Hurry up. Nalef, we could use your help down here. I'll get us out of here. You have to trust me. She's halfway up when she has the others continue upward as she comes back down to gather with the rest of you. I know the importance of these eggs. We have to save the eggs. Oh, the clutch, of course. And with her added help, and I'll say if Puck and Xanath want to help, you guys can get the last of the eggs in by the time Spot will be done in the other chamber. So while the three of you are working together, the earth tremors are getting worse in here, and now the structures in here are beginning to fracture and come apart. So I need uh, deck saves from the three of you at this point. Uh, t- dirty 20. Okay. Uh, 22. Okay. I got a 14. 14. Um, during the attempt at removing the egg clutches and getting things done, 
a large boulder <laughs> kind of like lands right on your shoulders, Anif, uh, for 23 points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Kind of spins you sideways and almost knocks you to the ground. Okay. That spot, you wrap up what you're doing out in the main chamber. You manage to successfully free. And now, for the three of you, you're watching as a steady stream of humans and goblins and dwarves and gnomes all that have been freed by Spot, with Spot kind of like surfing the tide of them running through the tunnel. Um, and all of you are back together again. You're watching as all of these individuals that were freed are clamoring up towards the upper overwatch at this point, knowing that that's their primary way out. Nalith, uh, Winter, and the rest of you are now gathered as this chamber is getting to not only begin to feel with the glowing red of that crater that's expanding, but you're now seeing uh, bubbles of fiery lava kind of burst out of the crater at the base of the obelisk. Back down the tunnel, there's a steady growing red and orange flame light as if the, the main excavation chamber is not only filling with lava, but it's getting more prominent in that direction as well. It almost feels like you're inside of a volcano that's about to erupt. We got to so get out. We're all we're all in the same room again now. With all correct, with all you're people, all right? in the egg clutch chamber as the last of the eggs are put away, and you're watching the last of the people scurry up the side, heading up towards the Overwatch. Okay, Spot, Puck, come here. You're mute, by the way, Spot. <laughs> okay, uh, Spot, you really like being a dragon. I can't make you a dragon. I mean, I can make you a dragon. That wouldn't help us right now. But I have an idea. But, Puck, I'm going to need you to talk to him because when you were a bird, we couldn't get you to do anything. Darn. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I need you to talk to Spot. No, yeah, yeah, sorry. This is, you can yes. talk to Bat, you talk to, to, to everything else. Okay. You just Spot. hear Winter's voice. Are you really doing what I think you're doing? <laughs> Okay, Todd, um, are, you, are you ready for this? this uh, let, let me ask, have I noticed the uh, the prophecy, the, the edge prophecy uh, kind of turning to fire? Is All this... of you are noticing that it's about halfway done. Okay. Um, I just want to look at Earth and then just kind of like extend my claws like, do you want me to try? Because like my claws are magic. I can try to like erase part of the prophecy off of the statue or at least break it. Well, we also have a, an anvil that yeah, breaks sure. magical religious things. <laughs> you want to do that oh, first before we do this part? We, we, we can try tell that. You what, tell you what. Let, let me do this thing with you guys first. I'll fly up and drop the anvil on the on the chair and see if it does anything, okay? okay. Because this, if it doesn't work, we're all going to die in this room, okay? Uh, so I'm going to cast Polymorph on spot and turn okay. him into a uh, and turn him into a bullet. Spell okay. because I'm not going to know what that is. <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's like a b u l e t t e. It's like a, a, a armored mole thing, right? Mm. So you can start tunneling out, but I need Puck to tell it to go to the surface. That's why I couldn't. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you're concentrated on polymorph. Spot yep. is now a bullet. 
um, with Puck, Xanath, and Winter attached to its back. Puck, you're using the animal language of the bullet um, to kind of like guide Spot. And Spot, you just have this innate natural feeling for digging. Like you don't know why, you're just suddenly this big, heavy armored creature that just wants to dig. And there's something whispering in your ear, almost like guiding you to dig and nudging you. And you're just going through this solid rock like it's butter and you're just coursing through it like it's no problem. Every now and then the the ground trembles a bit, but you feel like that's getting further and further away. The people Suddenly, can follow them out, right? Huh? The bullet's leaving a tunnel that everyone can follow out, right? Uh, well, I mean, half the people are going up towards the Overwatch. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, so I'm trying to... But the, the goal was to have him tunneling out so that everyone has a path out, an exit. I would say half the people that didn't get up there see that spot and see what you're doing, mm-hmm. and then they begin to follow the tunnel out. So only half the okay. people take it because... The other half climbed up towards the Overwatch, um, thinking that they needed to get up to the elevator and then take the elevator out of the air shaft. So this group's kind of split in half. Okay. Where are um, you while this is going on, Earthen? Uh, before he gets too far, I want to fly above the, uh, like to the top of the chamber, okay. above the, the chair, okay, and pull the anvil out of the bag of holding and just drop it. Okay. It was the, uh, it was, I forgot the, I've got the name of it written down here because it was a special anvil for, um, the truth keeper anvil. Yeah. It was made for like breaking, uh, or forging religious objects. It was mostly, you guys had figured out that it was mostly designed for the forging of objects. Yeah. But gonna try and use its mat because it's not a normal, it's a magical anvil, right? Sure. So trying to see if that will do any damage to this chair, and then I'm going to fly up after them up the tunnel. I'll shout at everybody else and fly up the tunnel after them. Okay. That way they're not getting too far out of range. As you pull the anvil out, you notice that all the writing is glowing on the anvil, like with the the magic invocation of the anvil uh, that, that brings the magic into existence. And it's at that moment that as the anvil lights up, you notice that the flat surface of the anvil is the perfect mold of a key. Oh, as shit. you let it, as you let it go. As you let the anvil go. And it starts No, no, no. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I mean, you'll have it. Give me Earthen uh, just says, oh shit. And like, yeah, <laughs> the end will fall. Yeah. Uh, you give me an attack roll with advantage because you are hovering up above. We'll see if you're even able to hit it because you're pretty high up. Okay. That's. Hang on. Let me get my, my modifiers. And because you lingered in here, I'm also going to need a deck save. Okay. Attack with advantage that was 11 plus any pluses or just 11? Um, plus you're dex based, right? Yes. So plus your dex. You're not proficient in anvil throwing, but right. you can at least you know use your dex base. Uh, as a, no, that's a, a, a dex uh, saving throw or just the dex base? 
your dex bonus, whatever your dex bonus is. Dex bonus, okay, plus two. So plus two. 15, yeah. Yeah, you watch as it kind of careens and twists. And then at about the 30-foot level, it's almost as if like some kind of gust of wind hits it and it kind of just lands on the ground amongst like all the different kind of like the the you know the debris and the rock falls. Mm-hmm. Uh what'd you get for your deck save? Uh 15. Uh 15? 17. Sorry, 17? I forgot my uh proficiency bonus. Okay. You watch as a huge house sized rock just barely misses you as you were kind of calculating dropping that anvil. Uh fortunately it doesn't hit the doesn't hit the throne obelisk. Um and it's just sitting down there on the ground. It doesn't look like it suffered any damage either. So I'm going to whistle at the other group and just shout at them like, you know, up the tunnel, we'll get out and take off up the tunnel after the, okay. after the team. Like I'm, I'm flying to catch up with them. And okay. You're not going to try and pick back up the anvil? Um, there's lava there. You have the trail mix of heat resist. Well, it hasn't, it hasn't it, hit it yet. It's just sitting in the ground and the debris pile, but I leave it up to you. Okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Um, All right, give me athletics. I'm going to go down and try try and scoop it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, That's uh, 10. 10. Add my personal bonus and give me plus two. Yeah, uh, give me a charisma save. Give me a charisma save as you grab onto the anvil and you begin to try to pick it up. Nat 20. Hey! Of all the things to That's got to be like a, like a 30 for you, right? <laughs> it's, a, nice. it's a 26, yeah. So with my as you sit plus, there, or 28 plus two <laughs> stubbornly trying to take this thing out of the, the, the rock that it's pinned itself in, and you put your arms around it trying to pick it up, just kind of muttering to yourself, Everything around you falls away. All you hear is the ring of hammer forging something. You can see this huge dwarven individual hovering over a familiar looking anvil. And this great hammer coming up and striking the top of the anvil and then holding something in its hand as it takes it off the anvil and you just hear this great, like, guttural dwarven voice. That should be good enough to keep it locked away. And then you, you like, through that extra strain, you manage to pick up the anvil, put it in the bag of holding, but you take 18 points of psychic damage. Okay. Would I be aware? Like, Halved, because you did make your save. Because okay. you made your charisma save, half the nine. Okay. Would I be able to speak to that apparition, or was that just happening around? That me? was like a vision, just like this sudden okay. vision that you had that pulled you out of your mind. And then, as soon as you heard the guttural voice holding the key, your your vision fades. And you're barely able to lift lift up the anvil and put it into the bag of holding. And now I take off after the guys takes a bit of time, takes a little while, but suddenly there's the fresh smell of salt air. It seems that Spot has dug at an angle that brought you all the way back over to the bluffs. And as the bullet comes up out of the ground, 
treading the ground open and its huge form standing there with all of you kind of like on it. As soon as he pops out of the ground, I'm going to drop concentration. You watch as Spot goes from being this huge, heavily armored, burrowing creature back to just being Spot again. People are racing out of it. It's at that point when you guys notice back towards Titan's Reach, you could see a huge plume of lava jetting up and out of the very center of the reach where the main mining pit would be in the middle of the town. You could see huge building-like structures kind of like collapsing in. You could hear people panicking and shrieking from all around you. And other people are running out as well uh, of the tunnel. You could see the air shaft. People have made it up over there in the forest and they're kind of like running out of that little forested area. But there are people either standing around marveling at this volcanic eruption that is beginning to form in the midst of all of this. Suddenly, there's a sonic explosion. (laughs) You watch as this massive force wave (laughs) emanating and you watch as, as Titan's Reach disintegrates in this explosion. Just, oh. and you're watching as this wave is coming towards you. Um, I need everyone to make strength saves, please. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. Yay. Yeah, sorry the thing about that. We're all the oh, best yeah, at. Everyone loves it so much. Four. Hey, Four. Oof. that was a great roll for... Oh, for- nat 20 for 21. <laughs> Nice. Do you want to share? I rolled a 17. <laughs> Minus three. Equal. 14. Fuck. Nine. Somebody want to roll for winter? Sure. No. I don't know what her bonus is, though. Um, is oh, it the God, physical like brutal. water wave or a sonic wave? There's like a, a force wave of energy and air kind of cascading out. Xanath, as you stand there watching this happen, and all of your four companions are staring outward as well, the city disintegrates. It's just gone. This huge plume of flame just jettisons upward. You can see this like ash and smoke going upwards as well. Since you're the only one that made your strength save, as you watch all four of your friends get knocked unconscious, as they are all at zero hit points the moment that this wave hits. You just managed to clamor behind a boulder. You have one hit point left. And as you get behind this boulder, you feel this wave hit you. Your skin begins to blister. You can feel your hair shredding out of your scalp. You can see that the heat and force is bending your armor and warping it as you just lean into the boulder, watching this force come out. Can I be trying to throw up the hut as this is happening, like around my friends? Ooh, I like that idea. Uh, give me a concentration save. Okay. See if you can manage that. Uh, fifteen. Okay, DC fifteen. I like it. I put it. A, I put it right at a DC fifteen. Okay. So it's at that moment you cast Lehman's tiny hut, and you begin dragging and throwing your friends in there as this thing just. And before long, you're even dragging the unconscious form of Punch. Yeah inside as well. Um, Nalith is being dragged in, um, but you watch as everyone else who was rescued just got vaporized, just, just turned to ash 
meat and bone from the heat and the force of the explosion. You feel it rolling beyond you, just just disintegrating everything as it rolls out and out and out from this point. As you are the last one about to like get into Lehman's tiny tiny hut, because I say you're half in, half out, using that as a way to kind of drag everybody inside and try to get them all together. As everything kind of is unfolding around you, the pyroclastic flow of cloud that now emanates up and begins to descend down back towards the ground, there's a form that begins to writhe in that smoke and fire that hovers out there. First, you see a face so large, like commingled in with the flame. As you begin to watch the largest fire elemental that you've ever seen in your life begin to coil and maneuver up out of this force of destruction. And as it does, and it just rises up and up and up, this huge form just takes a moment to hover there. And then you lose sight of it. Darkness, the ash, the smoke begins to kind of fall down on you as you you duck into Lehman's tiny hut with all your friends unconscious, Nalith unconscious as well. And all you could do is just wait precious minutes as rocks bounce off the hut. You watch as ash begins to fill up around it. You watch as the ash gets as tall as the hut, covering it underneath 12 feet of ash. And before long, the sounds, the explosions drift out of your mind as you are now pretty much buried under all of this. I will, um, I will, I'm going to throw up Twilight Sanctuary, which gives everyone temp HP to pop back up. Okay. Um, what the fuck? And then I'll do a, I'll do a, a heal, which I think I can distribute to everyone. Suffocating in here. The temperature management is odd. There's a sense that it's hotter than it should be. Um, all of you cough and hack, stirring back to consciousness. Um, yeah, it's you're inside of Xanath is Lehman's tiny hut. Everything smells like ash and smoke. You're covered in it. Like it's almost, it's fine like a talcum powder over your body. What? Just that continuous low trumble of the ground. How much temp HP did we get from... uh... Ten. Uh, Ten. Let's see. No, wait, give me one sec. So it'll be 1d6 plus 12. Uh, so it'll be 14 temp HP. Um, and you feel for the familiar coin in your pocket, Puck, as when lunch was wiped out, he went back into his coin form and automatically goes back into your pocket. And then I'll also hit everyone with the healing word, which is going to be 1d4 plus 5 because I'm low on spell slots. Uh, it's okay. Save that. I'll I'll use uh, uh, mass uh, cure wounds. Oh, amazing! Yeah, that's three d eight plus two. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
I'm uh, so I yeah, like shocked back to life and look at everybody around and uh, start. I grab my viol and just play uh, uh, a soothing melody, uh, and that's three d eight. Let me get my d eight. While he's doing this, um, can I take stock of uh, what, what kind of food stuffs we have? I'm going to just try to throw something together for everyone. That's okay. 19. You have your basic essentials and your cooking kit. So you could put together a quick meal if you wanted to. Yeah, just something to kind of keep my mind up this and get something in everybody's belly. Okay. So it just healed everyone for 19. Gotcha. Nice. HP. Thank you. So. <sighs> um, Nalith kind of Gets up. What has happened? What are we? Why is it so dark in here? The clutch is safe, Nalith. Korgoth Korgoth searches for you. Um, We got here before he did. Uh, What? Is that my imagination or did that mining pit erupt? Into volcanic ash and flame. I saw the Cinder King, something huge, a fire elemental stepped out of the mountain, the hugest fire elemental I've ever seen. And we were just covered with ash. Everyone was vaporized. This is apocalyptic. I don't understand. Don't even know what that is. Did the ceremony of the Obsidian Gate work? I don't know if this. As far is as we know, it was successful. Else, I think. And did the gift of the gods get delivered upon the ceiling of the gate? Uh, was that the stone That's... from the flower? That's Scalar. Oh yes, yeah, the stone was delivered. Oh, have it. good. Then the ceremony worked. Now all you need do is to take that as an offering. Um, uh, oh, shit. That's the offering that you're supposed to give to the fire giants. That prevents them from summoning the fire titan. Who would have been great knowledge about five days ago? I would have thought that my husband and the priestess would have filled you in on that notion of it. Mm, nothing we, about nothing about the stone. We saw, or who was it? Earthen saw. I had a vision when I took the stone. I had a vision of the clutch and uh, a dragon-like being uh, guarding the clutch with a missing stone within a chain like around its neck and then we ran into this big primordial guy holding up a really giant stone in the middle of uh that misty area um that was also portals to the feywild and he told us to take the stone down and give it to return it to its rightful owner and all that good stuff. So, you know the big dragon thing that was down guarding the clutch? I don't know what that was. I just knew it was there. And I knew His that's... name was Erebos. 
Parables. And is not a name that is familiar to me. He was being controlled by the he was being controlled by the gnomes in the area with these worms on his body. I don't know if you ever saw the worms being used on anyone. I had um, seen those being used on some of the other folk. His whole Mostly body was for purposes of getting information from people. Yes. Well, um, we feel they were they were controlling this Erebos with the worms. Uh, so we freed him of that control and delivered the stone to him. Interesting. And he disappeared, by the way, after that. Why did my husband and the priestess not have you take the stone to the fire giants? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we saw the fire giants, um, and they got uh, like a giant. They performed this ceremony, and this this big yes, giant yes. egg thing came out. Of yes, a the statue. stone is supposed to prevent that from happening. But that happened before we even knew that that I we couldn't. I don't think we could have prevented that. Of course, you could. My husband and the priestess should have given you directions to the honor stone. The honor stone is where you place the gift of the gods. That reseals the door that they use to try to bring the flame titan into existence. And they knew that? Your husband knows that? Yes, he is very well of it. Something that he knew that that individual that goes by the name of Vassarisk? Yes. That was something he was trying to get completed for quite some time before he overrun, ran the clutch village and took the clutch eggs for hostage. Vassarisk was trying to... How confident are we that that was actually Korgoth then and not Vassarisk in disguise? We fought Vassarisk. Supposedly we killed you Vassarisk. You fought and you killed him? Supposedly. It was a great. It was a great fight. Uh, I have his tome, and I'll reach in the bag of holding and pull out Vassarisk's spellbook. She looks at it. I'm not familiar with his type of necromancy. He has made a deal with something that I found to be very elusive. He seemed to master the craft, though, of being in one place while in another as well. I believe those of you that cast spells would call it simulacrum. He can make more than one of himself. And we would never have known. No, although I find it interesting that you have a spell book. Although, if he made copies of himself, then the copies, if they wanted to be able to project spells, would have to have spell books as well. <coughs> we also have the staff. That, like, I point to Xanth. The Shadow uh, Staff? Yeah, that was Vassar's staff as well. Vassarisk was known to carry three emblems of power. A staff, a circlet, and a brooch. 
those three items, when combined, are said to wield the majority of his power. If my husband Korgoth did not give you instructions on what to do with the birth the stone that was gifted to you by the gods, you must assume that Korgoth is compromised. How did he choose to, to come and meet me? What was uh, was, the route that he took? He was taking the river back north. Well, that's ridiculous. That would be heavily guarded for about half of the duration of the travels. I don't... I think something is amiss here. Can I scry on Korgoth? Or try? You can certainly try if you want to. Is that a good idea? right at this moment. Why? Only because we're know. buried by ash. And I don't think we're going anywhere for the next eight hours. But your tiny hut is the only thing keeping us buried under ash? Mm-hmm. And you scried on somebody powerful once, and you started bleeding out of all your orifices? It's not a concentration spell. Um... But Lehman's, yeah, Lehman's is duration. It's not yeah. concentration. But, but if she if she goes down, it doesn't. Nope. Okay. It only ever goes down if she leaves. Okay. Um. <sighs> all right. Let me let me try a scry on Korgoth and see what he's doing. I want to look at the other two. Like you know, how do you suppose we get out of this? I mean, I can. I'm almost out, but I've got one more, one more shot at trying to turn one of you guys into an animal again. That uh, what is the the bullet? Is there anything similar to that that's resistant to heat? Because something. Because if I could tunnel back out. uh, Well, I think you'd be. I think a bullet would be too big for the hut. We would. I think I. I, I mean, you never, you never know till you try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to like, you know, <laughs> compress us all against the outside of this thing. Spot turns into a bullet, and his friends smash to pieces against <laughs> the edges of the cavern. You know. Yeah, everybody I, I, takes ten d six of force but... damage. <laughs> no. Um. Do you know how far? Well. So you guys plot and plan. You said twelve feet of you said twelve feet of ash, right? So far, yeah, because it's transparent, so it's enough ash to cover the dome. Okay, because I can misty step out of here, and I'd still presumably be within range of Earthen. I can, but I can dimension door out of here with one other person. So if you want to do that, I think uh, I think I think. Winter, you can you can misty step as well, right? She can, yeah, yeah. So if you wanted to turn me back into a a bullet or something, Huck can talk to me, you know, point me in the right direction. We can, I can dig down. Do this is your first time. And this is your first time scrying on Korgoth, correct, Xanon? Yeah. Okay. 
You've messaged him before, but yeah, we haven't scried on him. Yeah. I'm actually curious whether I'm trying to figure out whether to try and scry on Korgoth or try and scry on Bazarisk. Well, if there's if if Bazarisk has if there's three items and we've got one, mm-hmm. uh, I would gather there are more than likely two other Vasarisk, not just one. If he, I mean, if, if it were me and I had three items and those three items together are powerful and I needed to be in more than one place at once, I might make three and give each, I, like, I would keep one and give one to each copy of myself. So does that point to looking at, because I guess what I'm wondering is, is were we actually talking to Korgoth or were we talking to like, you know, Vazarisk? But everyone in the town well, Kor- seemed to... Korgoth did say that Vazarisk had a way of controlling those people, mm-hmm. controlling the other lizard folk. That yeah. wasn't normal. And we, we didn't actually break that. We didn't have the, the thing that he was using to, to do that. Because we asked about it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to go look for it. And then we were like, hey, where is it? And he's like, I don't know. We couldn't find it. Yeah. And he also mentioned that he couldn't break the mind control of the other lizard folk. The ones that, that came back after the fight. Uh... Yeah, I'm going to try and scry on Korgoth. Oh, there goes the power outage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he mentioned his power was flickering. Yep. That or it was a cat. Or, yeah, or the cat. There's always that. So, um, I have an idea that might be able to get us out of there, but the longer we wait, the more difficult it's going to be. Um, depending on how much ash is is piled on top of us. So, how long does scry take? How long does it take to scry on somebody? It takes like ten minutes. If so, we could either do it now, and someone can pop out and see what the conditions are like out there, and then come back, or we could just do scry later. Because I really just wanted to try and confirm whether Korgoth betrayed us whether he's doing what he said he would um okay well go ahead oh i can try to use primeval awareness to see how far the elemental is if it's like a little bit further now how long does that take um yeah i mean assuming the seconds that pass there's just more and more ash piling on top of us uh, well, I guess it would be helpful to know if it's, you know, too close. Gonna, yeah, going to zap us as soon as we pop out. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so I, I uh, cast Primeval Awareness and try to concentrate on the elemental. Okay. And Xanth, you're going to scry on Korgoth? Or Vasrisk? I'm going to scry on... I'm changing my mind. I'm going to scry on Vasrisk. Okay. See. If he's still around. For you, Puck, the f- 
feeling of primeval and primordial energy is all around you. It feels overwhelming to the point of nausea. Uh. Something ancient and old is continuing to form. For you, Xanath, as you slip into your scry effect and you feel yourself pulse out towards um, that's risk. You're at least confirmed that he's not dead. Because your scry connects with two of them. Mm. And as your scry approaches on a familiar outcropping in front of the obsidian gate are two Vasarisks staring at the obsidian gate with a look of both frustration and raptured success. Their forms are staring at the ever-growing backdrop of a flaming environment that's beginning to expand. And that's where you realize that the volcanic caldera itself of that entire vast area that you walk through could be affected by this. Every now and then you can see you can see projections of huge globules of town-sized like lava just launching off into different directions. They seem to be patiently waiting for this to unfurl and potentially destroy the obsidian gate. Meanwhile, looking beyond the two remaining Vassarisks, you can see Sawtooth Village. It's completely surrounded with familiar-looking lizard folk. Um, but it also looks like a battle took place here at some point. At some point during Korgoth's journey, he was intercepted. You don't get the feeling he was intercepted beforehand. Doesn't completely explain why he didn't have you finish the ceremony correctly. Maybe something else is at work here. You're not sure. Maybe it's part of the mind manipulation. Somewhere down in the Sawtooth village, you get the feeling that Korgoth might still be down there somewhere. But you're not entirely sure. And you're just staring at two creatures that are just... Patiently waiting for something to conclude. And then your scry kind of duration ends. You're back inside the, the Lehman's tiny hut. Puck's sense of overwhelming dread of an ever-expanding primordial fiend. And then your vision of the two Vraxuses in front of the obsidian gate with the massive... Um, the, the massive signs of an ever cascading and broadening effect of the volcanic eruption. They're at the gate. They're waiting for the explosion to destroy it. And there was a fight at Sawtooth Village. I think Korgoth might still be there. I don't understand. I, I thought we watched him leave and I don't understand why the townspeople are still there. 
that was what two days ago three days ago three days ago i think yeah he told us that he was like three days away he just lied or something something happened or maybe that he was three days away when he told us and then something happened after that yeah um also this explosion like it's just expanding and expanding and expanding i don't know that we actually want to be above ground right now well, we're not going to have enough air in here well the dome is safe and comfortable for eight hours um when i felt the fiendish uh presence did it feel at all familiar no this felt like yeah there was you get the you can now discern for yourself puck that the feeling that you were having before was definitely the contact with the Erebos, a very confused, misguided, and frustrated entity that was being used against its will. And that's why it seems so frantic and fanatic in its different displays of its emotion. That might also explain why it was reaching out to those that were um, arcane sensitive uh, to the idea of the space around them. Maybe that's how Xanath got pulled in. You got pulled in. Um, you get the feeling also that this is unlike anything you've ever felt before. The only other time you compare this feeling of connection to something far beyond your own power or the understanding of power is the dragon turtle creature that you that you had that moment with, um, you know, um, out in the Lucidian Sea all those weeks ago, if not even longer at this point. You guys have been in Nomarks for quite some time now. Almost that primordial connection is there. What about what about your death? The the the, the black hole with all the stitching stuff. Is it at all similar to that being that we supposedly prevented their, you know, existence from? Not necessarily. Um, this place feels like a crossroad of creation. The primordial stone vision that you guys had going through the vastness of the mist. Um, here, the realization that Melora... Um, Cord, Helm, the Dawnfather, so many obvious representations of religious epithet. This area feels like a crossroads somehow. This is a crossroads of creation. Something happened here. Something created containment and suffered its despair. And go ahead. Oh, I was just going to see if I could possibly try and reach out. Uh, again, use primeval awareness within six miles and try to reach uh, the, you know, I guess technically under celestial and dragons, the uh, storm turtle dragon. Yeah. Um, no sense that he's very close at this point. So he's definitely outside the range of your awareness, 
But as you push your awareness to the absolute height of its ability, there is a sudden feeling of the nauseous, like the nausea beginning to fade a bit. But something very large and very purposeful is now slowly making its way through the dark depths. The main caldera of the center of this island. And based on your primeval awareness, it's going to get to the gates by tomorrow night. And it feels like it's reshaping the landscape as it moves. Shattering it. Fracturing it. Casting off huge titles of lava scape off the island itself. There's a feeling that the entire island is currently being affected. Jeez. Okay, so we do have to hurry. If they're waiting for this being to come to those gates, or if this being is going to be here soon, I guess by tomorrow night. But what are we supposed to do? We need to seal it, right? Well, we sealed the gate. But what about the Cinder King? So when I grabbed the anvil, I had this vision of a giant dwarf. As odd as that sounds. Uh, Zanath, give me a religion check as Earthen begins to express this vision. And he was crafting something on the anvil. He picked it up, this tiny thing, and it was a key. Uh, and as I went to drop the anvil, the key, the anvil, the top of the anvil glowed red, and I was shown the the, the outline of a key on the anvil. But I am not a smith. I'm a jack of all trades. But <laughs> <laughs> what'd you get, Zenith? Uh, twenty-three. He's describing Moradain to a T. The dwarven god that's said to be the one who created the world. You had a vision of a god. Moradin. Why do all these gods invade my vision? Invasion is godly to begin with. (laughs) You're invading them. (laughs) Yeah. So Moradin sent you a sign. The key needs to be forged. And then we insert it somewhere. Well, we found the keyhole. Uh, I don't know how we get back to the keyhole, but we did find the keyhole. So what do we need to forge the key? A forge. Metal. Like hot metal. Spot, you're not having any sound at all. I can see you talking, but there's no sound. <laughs> like you wasn't showing you were muted, but there was just no sound. Yeah, check your StreamYard setting. Sometimes when it dies, it it defaults your setting to a different microphone. Oh, there he is. Okay, can you actually hear me? Yep. Now? Yep. Now we can hear you. All right. I was saying, uh, let me take a look at that. And is there any indication that? Um, the key itself needs to be anything special. Like, 
other than it's just made with that. Uh, Do you withdraw the anvil, Earthen, out of the haversack uh, of holding? I will try. Uh, well, all you got to do is just call its name, and it well, yeah. Out I mean, I got like dump the ground because yeah, yeah. it's heavy. I'm not. I'm not strong. And so. two oh, Earthens, yeah. And two Earthens credit. All the runes that were dormant and not lit up before are now active. Right. On the flat of the anvil is a mold of a key-shaped representation. The anvil itself seems to be active now. When it wasn't before, it seems to be active now. Also, it's like it's interacting with some kind of unknown arcane energy that might be nearby. Can, before I do something potentially really stupid, can any of you read this? Uh, I don't want to die because Anvil. Yeah, what language are the rules? <laughs> uh, they're not in a language. They are in an arcane script. So anyone who's uh, proficient in Arcana would be able to read it. Let me take a look at my... Nope, only have half proficiency, but... I've got my uh, comprehend languages. It's not really a language, though, is the problem. Dang. I am not. I have no arcana whatsoever. I only have half proficiency. It's better than mine. <laughs> Naleth. Can, can you make anything of this? Oh, she is very proficient in arcana. Ooh. The iconic script seems to tell a tale of creation. It is designed to accept the most precious metal of the dwarves, mithril. And here you bind the creation of hope to this anvil. Then you take adamantium and coat hope with the steely resolve of dwarven will. It sounds like a ceremony of sorts, like you're bringing something into existence. Noah, would you recognize adamantine like in a, in a raw form if you saw it? I believe that I do not have a natural affinity for it, but I'm sure if we look for it, we might be able to understand what it is. I, I, I'm curious because it, it was talking about alloying it, and well, I just had to show her my claws. What is this? Or is this something completely different? I never seen such metallurgy before. Your claws are quite frightening. Oh. <laughs> All right, anybody got some mithril? Probably not. I'm guessing. We have residuum, which can be used in the place of. Other spell components. You have what? I'll hold up the green rock, which I know she's seen a ton of. You have residuum. Where did that? Doesn't matter. We have the anvil. We have the residuum. What else would we need? We need the fire of the mountain and Mordain's hammer, of course. Oh God! The hammer. Where where would we find Mordain's hammer? I don't know. The mythology around Mordain is quite expressive, but I have to be honest with you. I overheard 
the gnomes talk about an artifact of great importance that they kept. Hey, uh, hey, it might be in Titan's Reach. You are. Titan's Reach is gone now. Well, magic items don't just perish. It may just be we need to find it. Didn't you say there's a giant elemental fire thing coming out of where Thane's Reach used to be? Well, according to your friend Puck, it sounds like it's moving away. I only offer up opportunity of choice. Mm. If there is something left behind, perhaps Titan's Reach still has value to be searched. If they kept it in a vault, a vault could be protected. Obviously, something down there was something that they were after. But if Asterisk's plan had always been to release the Fire Titan, then it was with the intent of destroying the Obsidian Gate, which is also the intent to release the creature that has been kept behind that prison. Zahir. One of the betrayer gods. I think I the gnomes and Vassarisk were not necessarily working towards the same goal. He leveraged them for their power and influence. He became influenced by Zahir, and that pact with Zahir sent him on his mission to free it. The gnomes would have known that this place is a crossroads of creation. Here, all the gods seem to converge, sometimes referred to as a convergence. And therefore, it is the belief of my people that this exact convergence that we're experiencing here is what shaped the veil, or what we sometimes call the Shattered Isles. It may be that is where the original first time that the Fire Titan emerged from, destroying the vast continent that was once there, turning it into an amalgamation of islands, surrounded by a corrupted magical barrier that people couldn't get through. Now I wonder if Asterisk was trying to recreate the same thing here, or simply trying to free a god from its prison. Either way, he stands to gain great power if those gates are destroyed. The Fire Titan would definitely have the ability to destroy those gates. So, uh... Before we start looking for, before we uh, try to find this hammer, does the key itself have a name? Uh, is, is that anything? It does not it? say. It only describes the invocation of the ceremony and the arcane magic to bring the key into existence. There's nothing in the spell that says that there's a nomenclature or name of the key. All right. Yes. 
was wondering uh, if Earthling might be able to uh, legend more some stuff for us, but I don't know. Not to, well, not today, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> use that for Erebos. But uh, Xanth, um, how many more times can you reach out to someone? Um, I could reach out twice more, but that would blow my last fifth and sixth level, and then I'm done. Um, hmm. Are are we going to rest here? I mean, while I we wait we for the, to. or we have to rest somewhere. I you know I'm pinked. I I am too. But uh, before we before we rest, um, would it be worthwhile to try to reach out to Matron? Matron, the uh, the little mouse guy. Yeah, the mouse guy. Oh, Matron, yes. What would we be asking Matron? Uh, help out of here for <laughs> one. Uh, he's very talented with um, natural magics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he called it more of a shamanistic connection, but he also may have more information on what the heck is going on here and how we can... Uh, solve it but we're gonna need help getting out my plan to get us out of here was to cast bigby's hand and just punch my way out <laughs> if that would work bigby's hand right <laughs> yeah fuck this ash pop. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i can if if we're going to sleep after this i can try and talk to matron i can also see if i could talk to caliban or sibo but they might be dead yeah um i yeah, well, Matron had a connection to Sibo as well, so he may also be able to, or maybe we could, if we get information from him, we could send him to go help. Okay. I think we just started the end of the world, though. Let me, let me shoot a ascending to Matron, or try to. Um, it says, you know, uh, this is Xanth, close to Titan's Reach. We survived the trapped. Saw the Cinder King. Can you help us speak to Sibo? Any information, which I think is 25. Yeah, pretty damn good. Um, there's a moment, you know, minute goes by, second minute goes by, and then you hear the familiar voice in your head of Metro. Oh, yeah, still alive. Ah, uh, wow. Sibo um, is not answering me. Um, can you get to a tree and then describe that tree to me? I have a spec, and then it cuts off. He's alive. He can't get in contact with Sibo, but he asked us if we can get to a tree. Um, can we see anything through the, uh... Oh, no. We're buried under ash. (laughs) You're buried under endless ash at this point. Ash and rock. All right. Well, 
Because I can pop up top real quick with my um, sorry with my misty step and uh, well, hopefully, <laughs> if I don't materialize in solid rock. <laughs> That I mean, I, I've got better range on Dimension Door, and I could take Xanth out with us, or out with me, and we could no, find the Xanth goes uh, the we Yeah, the yeah. tiny hut collapses. Well, the, the hut collapse. Yeah, not not right now. I mean, after eight hours in the, in the oh, morning, yeah. or whenever after our rest, and then we can look for a tree. Yeah, I, I saw everyone around us get vaporized, so I think. There's not going to be. I mean, a while to find a tree. Yeah. Just like so much trauma. He didn't say the tree had to be alive. There could be like, you know, crusty. You know, just it. It would have to be a living tree for the spell to work. Ah. All right. Do you have any uh, spells that grow trees? Um, if we take a long rest, I can get, um, us either, well, let me see them. Not really a tree per se, but I can do like vines, okay. um, a spike growth. And I think, let me see, just cold <laughs> No, I'm not a druid. Oh. Dark skin. Um, maybe a good idea. Um, well, we don't want to leave yet anyway, right? We, we want to head back towards Titan's Reach. If we're that going to try to find whatever it is that they were using as part of their plan, I, I think the answer's down there. I'm just not sure. If this anvil, that key, was something they felt was important to use, although who's to know if the gnomes even knew the anvil existed? You'd retrieved the anvil from the wreckage of, of Varix's riverboats, did you not? Yeah. They knew about something, though, didn't they? Didn't we see a letter where they described Like, there was yeah, there was a letter that was. You get the feeling now that she's kind of describing the fact that that anvil was probably stolen before it got to the gnomes. Yeah. So they yeah, it started. It started to feel like his involvement of stealing that anvil might be part of his plan of forcing this flame titan, this fire titan to come into existence because it meant that the key couldn't be forged. And now you're beginning to... Everybody give me an insight check based yeah. on everything that you've gathered so far and see if this information is beginning to give you some ideas and thoughts. Oh, nat 20. Nice. Oh, 19. Nice. 23. Nice. Uh... Plus nine. We don't like 25. The the time when we like need to roll it. <laughs> Every other time we roll an inside and stuff, we're like one. A narrative. There's like a narrative pause as as um 
Nalith begins to tell you everything that she knows about her people. And while you've gotten the perspective of Korgoth, you're not really sure which perspective that was. Was it him under mind control? Was it, you know, you're not really sure about that now. And she spends the next 15 minutes telling you a story about creation. That there's a belief that a single primordial or series of primordial creatures before gods created Exandria. They call this the period of founding. And this would have been pre-Arcanum, pre um um pre-catalyst, you know, like pre-everything, mm-hmm. uh, pre-calamity and everything that's transpired throughout history. And it is said that that when primordials bring things into creation, they use the four elements to do it. They use air, earth, water, and fire as a means of, of primordial creation. It's believed that at the end of founding that the gods came in, discovered Exandria in its sad state, and began to recover Exandria, and the gods began to guide their children to Exandria to set up homes and to set up lives, therefore offering the gods faith and offering them belief, therefore allowing the gods to become more powerful. It's believed that the titans of the primordial creators were used by the gods to defeat the betrayer gods. And when the betrayer gods were sent to their prisons, the primordial titans were sent back to their different planes of existence. Therefore, post-founding, pre-calamity, and the growth of Arcanum was the longest period of peace that Exandria would have known. Somehow, the gnomes had discovered what might be a primordial heartstone. Might have been what was buried in that large structure that they were excavating. They probably thought the anvil would help them create a device to safely remove the primordial heartstone and therefore be able to control its arcane power before it became Titan. She says that Erebos was an ancient entity that was linked to the preservation of the fire plane portal that the Singer King or the Fire Titan was banished to. And that would explain the convergence of the four creation gods nature, Moradain for the actual creation effect itself, the Dawnfather revealing light in the shadow, and then, of course, the strength of Cord and the conviction of hell. This great convergence here is linked to the fact that while the Fire Titan was sealed here through the planar gate of the Fire Elemental, the gnomes were seeking a way to forge a device to maintain it And as her eyes linger on the vast amount of residuum that you've brought with you, she feels that that residuum never got to the 
gnomes. And therefore, they were never able to fabricate the device that would safely allow them to excavate the heartstone. Raxus has created a backup condition to his failure the first time round. If he couldn't prevent the ceremony from happening, then he would destroy the idea of the ceremony forever and collapse the obsidian gates. There's a massive fire titan walking across the dark depths of the massive caldera and series of volcanoes that make up the center of the island. Because from the edges of that caldera, it's only a two-mile direction in northeast, west, and south to get to the edges of the island. If he's successful and this fire titan shatters the gates, the betrayer god known as Zahir would be released. As Zahir, the cloaked serpent, gets out, things could become far worse. A fire titan roaming Exandria and a possibility of Raxus having a packed relationship with Zahir might explain finally where his power came from. I'll say it takes her about 15 minutes to kind of like express her culture, her understanding of the myth of the gate and the myth of the island and all the activity that kind of surrounds all of this as well. She's more of a clandestine priestess. She's going to know more than Korgoth would ever know. So this might explain why she was the first one abducted. The stealing of the egg clutch, the overrunning of her village, and her getting put into captivity rather quickly. While Korgoth and the priestess doing the ceremony would have been relatively aware of some of this cultural backdrop, the greater detail they may not have been aware. Although she does seem convinced that the stone, the gift of the gods, he should have known, which tells you that at some point, Korgath was either replaced or I would say put, I mean, you guys' arcana is high enough in general that it's quite possible he could have been placed under a geese at some point and therefore subdued to Vraxus's will. Uh, Erthen reaches into the the haversack and pulls out the um, the uh, infernal spell, the 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 speak with dead gods. Um, that that scroll that Korgoth tried to destroy and it reformed. Um, okay. He pulls it out and. Uh, Naleth, your husband, or at least whoever was standing in as your husband, tried to destroy this alongside your daughter. Is it possible that this could be used to distract that titan? This scroll does not say anything about speaking or conversing with titans. This scroll speaks to a purposeful 
the scroll basically allows for divine intervention with God. But it's an infernal. We can suppose it's designed for one of the nine betrayer gods. Yeah, that's they're probably not going to want to intervene in a good way on our ah, behalf. But here is the beauty of the fallen. They are very jealous of each other's power. They find themselves always in competition with one another. If Sahir has successfully made a pact with a creature on the prime material plane that has offered Zahir freedom, I can almost guarantee you that the other eight betrayer gods would be very jealous of this freedom, even upset at the disruption of the balance of power. The reason why the main gods do not get involved is in the belief of the protection and the way the betrayer gods are permanently sealed off in their prisons. If one of them gets out, it may not be at the favorable of the other betrayer gods. Perhaps that lies the small weakness in their plan. This is going to sound strange. Do you know of a creature that goes by the name of Asmodeus? The king of the betrayer gods. Their lord and their leader. A creature so powerful, so dangerous, it might be worth trying to reach out and see exactly how happy family and home really is in the Nine Realms. And that's where we're going to finish tonight. <laughs> that way you guys can officially take your long rest because we'll say that this last of this lore drop of what's going mm -hmm. on here has been pretty much given. You can do your long rest, so you can tick off your long rest, add your hit points, do your new selections, and then everyone go ahead and linger. But we're going to say goodnight to everyone else out there. Thank you for coming out as this particular part of the arc is about to close. And who knows, we may get back on our journey towards the Shattered Isles. <laughs> Maybe hard to believe. You know, twenty-five <laughs> sessions later, we're still not at the Shattered Isles yet. Hmm. Funny how that works. So, everyone, be kind, be safe. Don't forget to play a game. Thank you for coming out and hanging out, and we'll see you guys next week. Good night, everybody. You guys linger so we can talk about your level ups and all that uh -huh. fun stuff.